there's this awful push and pull that happens with celebrities today where on one hand they're accused of being manufactured they're not actually singing their photos are like hyper photoshop their relationships are pr stunts but on the other hand they're expected to be like absolutely perfect and ultimately humans and even more so gen z humans do not connect with perfection and so michaela through being you know virtual being and not being a real person was able to share her flaws more openly with less to hide about what she's going through and that really resonates with fans what's up welcome to same same but tech a podcast where we explain how technology is driving culture into the future one analogy at a time Today, I'd like to introduce you to someone very talented and very special. <sighs> Meet Michaela. You say my name and it's like money, baby. I want to spend it all on you. You have me feeling like a mansion, taking up space in my bedroom. Michaela is a 19-year-old Brazilian-American living in LA and following her dreams of fame and fortune. It's a classic fairy tale of the stereotypical social media influencer turned celebrity. Starting off with a few viral selfies, Michaela quickly graduated to brand deals, streamable hits, music videos, the whole nine yards of fame. Today, little Michaela has over 3 million followers on Instagram. She's cracked the code to stardom. Here's the thing, though. Michaela isn't real. Well, I mean, like, she's real, but she's not human. I mean, okay, like, she is a human. She has friends. She has emotions. She falls in and out of love. She digs ice lattes and tacos. Super normal 19-year-old human stuff. But... Michaela, she's different. Lil Michaela is a virtual being. What? But fame doesn't discriminate. Human, AI, podcast host, fame is a universal obsession. And with all of this new technology, you might think that fame and the culture that surrounds it has changed. I mean, we're going to virtual concerts in Fortnite, and the next Kardashian or D'Amelio will no doubt be a six-legged, bikini-clad robot. But come on, has fame actually changed? Have we? Or is it all same-same, but virtual? I'm Mahan, and today it's all about fame and virtual beings. Before we go any further, let's meet Michaela's mother, I, uh, her creator. I'm, I don't know, Nicole? My name is Nicole Diayora, and I'm the chief content officer at Bread Inc. in Los Angeles, California. Nicole is also on Michaela's team because, like the fleshy, flashy human celebs we're used to, every star needs a support system, right? 
One way to think about Michaela and our bread story verse is like a mockumentary versus a documentary. So like other online personalities who document their life via blogs and social media, our team develops virtual characters who are doing the exact same thing. They're sharing photos of themselves. They're, you know, announcing upcoming music releases. They are writing full-on diaries about what it means to be a teen in L.A., just all within a metafictional reality. Okay, so she's virtual. That's kind of cool. But, like, is it? Has she really done anything? She has been in Time Magazine's 25 Most Influential People on the Internet. She has gone from Carnival in Brazil, where she danced on top of a float with her friend Pablo Vitar, to Paris Fashion Week, where she did the step and repeat for Givenchy. She has been in a huge Samsung campaign. Oh, well, that's actually pretty impressive. Let me check her TikTok. One sec. Oh, wow. She's been featured by Elle, Vogue, High Snobiety, Paper Magazine. She hosted at Coachella? She's co-starred in the Calvin Klein campaign with Bella Hadid? This is like Britney Spears 2.0, but the good Britney, the one on the posters in my childhood bedroom. The millennials among us know what it was like to grow up with the 90s era of epic pop stars. You've got your Britneys, your Christinas, Backstreets, Insyncs, Mariah, Carrie. Am I right? These artists were literally the top of the pops. They had everything you could ever want. But fast forward a decade from the heyday, and a lot of them have seen better days. Fame can have a way of eating out your soul. Hey, don't get me wrong. Some found ways to navigate it and came out alive and well. I see you, Mandy Moore. But it's hard. Michaela represents a new day. All the celebrity and none of the imperfect humanity. There's a nice perk for being a celebrity who's literally wired differently. Less mess and less stress. And this type of influencer very well could become the next step in the evolution of stardom. So, Nicole, you mentioned a storyverse. What is the Brud storyverse? The Brud storyverse, I would say, is a Los Angeles that's parallel to the Los Angeles I live in. It's a world very parallel to the ones that we all exist in, but it's also a space where sentient robots can exist. And that's really the space that we like to play in. When you look at Michaela's social media posts, it certainly looks like she's bopping around the real LA, but she actually lives and works in a virtual version. Look, it makes sense if you think about it like a video game, like Grand Theft Auto. The latest GTA recreated a living, breathing, 
fake version of Los Angeles, all the way down to the believable recreations of the Staples Center and the Venice Beach Boardwalk. And if you're a fan of the video game, you've probably heard of an NPC. That's non-playable character. It's a digital rendering of a character playing a role and delivering pre-written lines to contribute to a broader narrative in the video game. A character in a game can point you in the right direction and provide help or context. Hello, hey, listen. And virtual beings evolved in just that way. From gaming to interactive movies and virtual reality to our computers, devices, and social media pages. So I'm Edward Saatchi, uh, co-founder of Fable, and we create virtual beings. Edward's studio Fable has been moving the needle on advancing what virtual beings can do for several years now. He's an NPC pioneer, if you will. How are virtual beings made? Like, how are they created? So, you know, we think through a Bible for the character, of who the character is, what's like the kind of way in which they talk, what do they look like, all the rest. And then we think through like what's going to happen to them over the course of the year on like a monthly basis. And then the wizard engine, which is the AI tool that we've created, generates all of the dialogue in between. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's definitely mad. I don't care though. I'm going to find that treasure. You know, we created Lucy as a character in a virtual reality movie. And we found that people just started talking to Lucy a lot, um, even though she couldn't hear or have a mind to to communicate. So that was our first signal that maybe people were, you know, wanted these non-playable characters to actually have lives. So that was when we started thinking, why don't we take this character and turn it into an artificially intelligent virtual being that is funny and is interesting and is interactive and all the rest. Edward's character, Lucy, even plays video games herself. She actually streams it online on Twitch so that people can watch. Okay, hold on. You need to connect to my realm. The more human-like these beings are, the more we relate to them. It's like getting a robocall telling you your car insurance is out of date. Do you even have a car? No, but it doesn't matter. The voice on the other side sounds more real, more human, and more believable every time. Hello? Hello. How are you? We've been trying to contact you regarding your insurance premiums. Just having people lonely during lockdown just connect with a character. I think it just showed that there was a willingness and a desire to have fictional characters be more interactive, just like you interact with each other by texting, DMing on Instagram, DMing on Messenger, iMessaging, calling, playing Minecraft together, playing Among Us, Fortnite, and the virtual beings that we create uh, carry a memory of you across all of the interactions that you're having in a deeper relationship. So just like us, they have lives and stories and they move through the world happy and sad and empathize with you and, and connect with you. We used to say no new friends, but now it's like, yes, new friends, but also, yes, fake friends. So I think the way in which we're distributing it also maybe makes it feel more real. Um, obviously, little Michaela is a brilliant example of that. By having Michaela act as if she is a real person on Instagram, that almost helps the fantasy. 
A lot of thought goes into these virtual beings to get all the affectations of a teeny bopper star just right. <laughs> you could actually say that in this case, the pop star was literally created in the lab and then rapidly tested with audiences across different platforms all in real time. From the beginning, Trevor had the idea of developing character as a product. If Nicole is Michaela's stage mom, Brud's CEO Trevor McFedries might be more like Dr. Frankenstein. But, you know, make it cute. So at, like, Michaela's core, there was this persona, there was an identity, there was an ethos. But with the help of these platforms like Instagram and Facebook, he was really able to ship content quite quickly and iterate on the story and its development based on the response. So much of Michaela's development is based on our own personal experiences in that we bring in writers, choreographers, CG artists, people from all different sort of corners of all different types of industries. And those people really work, of course, on the production side of things, but we leverage a lot of, you know, their experiences and their inputs to develop her narrative and character as well. And as a result, are able to develop someone who feels much more connected to reality than other characters might. How crazy is that? They're home growing a celebrity or home coding, I guess. Writers, choreographers, computer graphic artists, they're playing virtual being God. Is that okay? Does Michaela know that everything she says and does is scripted? Is this the Truman Show? Is it Westworld with iced lattes? Wait, so how did this all start? How did Michaela become Lil Michaela? Initially, a lot of the rise was due to the fact that Michaela thought that she was a 19-year-old girl from Downey, California, right? Well, yeah, because she totally is a 19-year-old girl from Downey, California. Duh. So she's living in L.A. She is having a very well-known experience of being an aspiring pop star, of making all the wrong friends, and falling in love with the guy in the band. I mean, all of these, you know... Life moments that we've all gone through, for better or for worse. There's a character named Blocko. There's a, originally she was a foil. Now she's more of a frenemy named Bermuda. Through friendship, through conflict, you're able to understand more about her personality and her struggles and her journey through their involvement and through their participation. And then came the moment of her hack. And that moment, as a company, was... You know, it was a fork in the road for us. Um, we were worried about Michaela's uh, learning that she wasn't, in fact, a girl from Downey, California, that she was, in fact, a robot. Um, what? So, Michaela didn't know all of this? She didn't know about Brud, her parents, her creators? Michaela didn't know she wasn't a human. She thought she had agency over everything in her life, and then all of a sudden, she didn't. Wow. 
That's sad. I need a minute. My virtual pop star-infused vision for the future is crumbling. Okay, I've collected myself. Apparently, a while back, Michaela's virtual frenemy, Bermuda, hacked into Michaela's Instagram account, deleted all of her photos, and threatened to expose that Michaela wasn't real. Well, this is as Brud tells it, because they wrote it. I think what became clear, you know, post-hack, Michaela decided to part ways with Brud. At the time, we were like her creative management company, her artist management company. She parted ways with us for a time. She decided to take a trip into the desert, as we do in LA. She wrote some music. Can you blame her? Finding out her entire life was a lie? I'd go to Joshua Tree, too. Have a sound bath. Find myself. Eventually, there was a sit-down with her and the team. We expressed to her why we kept the fact that she was a robot secret from her for so long. And as a result, um, and following that meeting, her journey of robot self-discovery could really kick off. It becomes reflective of moments in life that, you know, we all have our worlds shaked a little bit, right? We're one person when we go to sleep. We're another person when we wake up in the morning. And um, it's not bad. It's just different. And there's a lot of, like, learning and growing to do as a result. And that's exactly what kicked off for Michaela and her narrative. Can you imagine finding out you're a robot? (laughs) That somebody else is pulling the strings on your life? Self-discovery for sure. But how different is this than some of our youth stars? They're not in control over their careers or really their lives. Isn't that a bummer? Wouldn't Michaela's fans be bummed? I'd be bummed. I mean, I'm a little bummed right now. We were worried about the world's ability to suspend disbelief and come on a ride with us. And so we were absolutely prepared for that. We were always most interested in a Gen Z audience. Skeptics are really millennials and older, right? But majority of mixed audience is Gen Z, and they've grown up very much living in virtual spaces. The lines between online and real life are completely blurred for them at this point. So their connection to Michaela Uh, is just as real and valuable to them as, you know, IRL ones, so to speak. There's this awful push and pull that happens with celebrities today where on one hand, they're accused of being manufactured. They're not actually singing. Their photos are like hyper Photoshop. Their relationships are PR stunts. But on the other hand, they're expected to be like absolutely perfect. And ultimately humans and even more so Gen Z humans do not connect with perfection. And so Michaela, through being, you know, virtual being and not being a real person, was able to share her flaws more openly. That's interesting. Michaela, being virtual and quote unquote not real, 
is able to share her flaws and help her fans relate and feel something that is real. That seems like a productive use of a virtual being. But why wasn't Michaela able to share her flaws with me? Why wasn't I able to speak to Michaela personally? Do you guys see yourselves more as almost like talent management or more as storytellers? We absolutely see ourselves as storytellers. We are, our main mission is to develop, um, you know, celebrity for authenticity and connection in new ways. And we, we see the primary avenue for doing that as storytelling. And if you could put your kind of future hat on, you're thinking, predicting 40, 50 years into the future, how do you think virtual beings are going to change our culture? So I think, I'd say within more like 10 to 20 years, the advances in AI is such that it's realistic that we could have a series of AI virtual beings that cumulatively add up to the kind of next operating system. I can see something that is totally native to all of the mediums and media that we use, like text, video chat, might also be VR and AR, but you know everything at once, um, and that has an understanding of you above the the level of whether you're using an iPhone or the TV or uh, in a video game. It remembers you across all all platforms. You guys saw the movie Her, right? Walking Phoenix falls in love with this operating system whose voice is Scarlett Johansson's. Soundtrack by Arcade Fire, director is Spike Jones. basically a movie designed for me to fanboy. It's going to be like that. Get ready. But since we're still in beta mode for this rollout, the celebrity trope is still driving the conversation, at least around today's virtual beings. Like, how are you guys thinking about, you know, her future and her story, or how is she thinking about it? Are you a bigger fan of Twilight or Star Wars? Probably Star Wars. I was afraid you'd say that, but that's okay. Um, I'm a big (laughs) Twilight fan. Okay, so if we think of Michaela and the bread storytelling structure, like an inverted Star Wars model, we've just met Luke, right? We've just met Luke Skywalker, but we have so much more to learn about his fate as a Jedi and the Empire. We're working our way up that narrative ladder now. And where we take that narrative can be to traditional spaces, but it can also be to spaces that have yet to be discovered. You know, Michaela is huge on TikTok. Five years ago, TikTok didn't exist. Yes, she's a celebrity. Yes, she exists on the same platforms and within the same spaces as a Dua Lipa or a Hailey Bieber, but she is an icon of the metaverse. Where can the metaverse take us? It's boundless in its potential, right? And we want to be there to help develop narrative storytelling structures for the future, as much as we want to be participating in the ones that exist today. You know what I've learned from all this? I've learned nothing. (laughs) The same buttons to press to make someone famous if they are real works if they are not real. They're fun. They go to shows. They sing. They dance. They hang out. They go to the San Vicente bungalows. Normal celebrity sh**. It's like nothing has really changed. We have all this crazy new technology, but Michaela is just like all the starlets that came before her. 
She's specifically crafted for a demographic and controlled across all of her social media. Blink twice if you need help, Mick. And we all know how that story ends. Marilyn, Whitney, Brittany, R.I.P. Amy. They tried to make me go to rehab, I said no, no, no. The cycle of celebrity and fame is hard to break. Wait, or is it? Are Brud and little Michaela on to something? As master storytellers, can they change the narrative? Use celebrity virtual beings to influence our society and all of us positively. To show us that even the perfect little Michaela has imperfections. And that's okay. Flaws? are okay. I have flaws. You have flaws. Virtual beings have flaws. We all have flaws. Will seeing Michaela comfortable in her own pixels make us more comfortable in our own skin? Will virtual beings not only be our friends, but our role models, our inspiration? What if it takes someone non-human to show us how human we can be? Will Lucy and little Michaela save us all? Today's episode was hosted by me, Mohan Mzanuzi, produced by Corinne Javier and Lee Schneider, written by Ibrahim Belki, exec produced by Steph Wolf. Music by Uvra. Thank you to our dear friends, Nicole, Edward, Lucy, and of course, Lil Michaela. You can find more Same Same on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening. Spread love. This episode was brought to you in part by BCG Digital Ventures. BCG DV builds revolutionary new businesses with the world's most influential corporations. Learn more at bcgdv.com dot com.